0: in the Oilers' own oh, sharp angle shot, he scores!
1: Here's Siebert, great circle, fires, he scores! One minute goal, oh, leveled by Andrew Shaw with a thunderous check. Here's a loose bucket, but they score! It's on, shoots, he scores! The cat connects with a one-timer. Timer. It's time for another episode of Blackhawks Crazy. Presented by FanList. Crawford plays it ahead up the left wing, Dylan at center ice, Titter Brinkett cutting in over the collect line, shoots and scores! There's the cat! the line deep slot, Keith. Back to Kane, top of the left circle. Fire, she scores! Chris Bowden and Scott King break down the latest storylines surrounding your favorite Chicago hockey
2: team. It always helps when you win. If you guys got on the scoreboard tonight, now we go from here. Here they are
1: Chris Bowden and Scott King. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast presented by FanList. A hello to everyone and a hello especially to our veterans as we come to you on this Veterans Day. And I want to circle back to that thought about what the Blackhawks did in this Sunday night game, which we record after this edition of 5 for a wild 5-4 shootout, not a shootout victory, it felt like a shootout, but uh, when the Blackhawks and Maple Leafs get together, these things happen. Chris Bowden, your Blackhawks pre and post game host with you on WGN Radio alongside the Chelsea blogger and NHL.com correspondent, Scott King. And Scott, uh, before we get into deeper things, it seems like every time that we do a podcast, the Blackhawks win. So I think that means we're going to have to be doing a lot more podcasts, many more frequent podcasts. What are your thoughts on that? We just might. I mean, we might be the good luck charm, and I don't know if it's from a mixture
3: of our talents and dedication. Or, uh, or something else, but the fans should stay tuned.
1: I think the team just knows we 're going to be talking about them after a particular game that we 're taping after, so I think that 's why you know they get their stuff together because I think on our last three podcasts it 's been two pointers, so maybe maybe we should uh, kick up the f- the frequency here. Blackhouse Crazy Podcast is sponsored by fanlist. Fanlist is the best platform for season ticket holders to sell their tickets. Are you a Blackhawk season ticket holder who sells multiple games? Get over to fanlist.com slash Blackhawkscrazy, spelled F-A-N-L-Y-S-T dot com. Fanlist partners with multiple ticket marketplaces and list tickets for sale across all marketplaces all at once. Sites like StubHub, Vivid Seats, SeatGeek, GameTime, and many more. And they do all the work. Multiple marketplaces will increase your ticket exposure, causing tickets to sell faster and for higher prices. Plus, FanList is free to use. Registration and listing tickets are free. When tickets sell, FanList charges the industry standard 15% of the final sale price. It's the same rate that all those major marketplaces charge. There are no hidden costs or added fees to use FanList. It's the best way for you as a season ticket holder to sell your tickets. Go to fanlist.com slash Blackhawkscrazy to receive a $20 bonus on your first sale. F-A-N-L-Y-S-T dot com slash Blackhawkscrazy. Thanks to the folks at FanList again for sponsoring us. And this game, uh, Scott, brings me back to I think the first time you were on the NHL.com beat. Uh, Was it against Toronto? It it was this game. It was the home opener last year against Toronto when you had to do rewrite about 12 times based on that that wild finish where it was, what was it, 5-4. Kane tied it at five. Matthews made it 6-5. Kane tied it at six. And then the Maple Leafs. Ended up winning seven six in overtime, and uh, I don't think we were doing a podcast after that game. Otherwise, it would have been a real long wait for you because yeah. you probably had about a a two hour uh, post game by the time you you got all your your quotes and everything. in. Was it similar here uh, here tonight? It,
3: you know what it was, but at least I was more seasoned. Uh, you know the the, the following season, a crafty veteran. If anyone could have seen the look on my face, I think Scott Powers did uh, last year. I think I think I stayed next to him. We were waiting to go into the room, and I I, I don't think I was pouring sweat, but I sure. Felt like it. My first game on deadline, a thirteen goal game where you have to write a description, or at least back then you had to have a kind of a wordy description for every goal. Trying to turn it on right, turn it in right after the buzzer. That was uh, that was uh, birthed by fire for a beat writing there. You
1: know, you know what you looked and felt like. You f- looked and felt like Robin Leonard after tonight's game because yeah. <laughs> fifty seven shots on yeah. goal, twenty six in the third period. He was stout. He took one to the collarbone area as well. And, um, you know, just when you think the Blackhawks have a couple of games under their belt against Vancouver and Pittsburgh, where they, they're they managing the puck pretty well for 60 minutes, and it starts to show in more uh, offensive opportunity, and it started that way again here tonight. Um, you know, Troy and I were talking in both of the intermissions when it was 4-1, you know, uh, just beware. We we know what the storyline has been with these two teams over their recent meetings. Heck, last year in Toronto, it was a 5 nothing lead the Hawks had before it turned to 5-4, and they had to hang on for dear life for victory. But uh, Robin Leonard... What was It was a $5 million deal. Uh, maybe the Hawks should th- – too bad they have the salary cap because they, they might be willing to throw in a little bit more if they could based on, based on the workload on this, line, this night alone.
3: There's got to be a sweetener or some kind of bonus they can come up with. there, some kind of uh, – Here, we have
1: nuts. a box of candies for you, Robin.
3: <laughs> Would you like to go to Orlando?
1: I don't know. it was uh it was rough but the hawks managed to hang on and that's something that they're going to have to be very careful with as they go out on a two-game trip to places that haven't been very kind to them of late well actually for the entire history of the vegas golden Knights franchise that's coming up on wednesday and then they head back to nashville where the hawks Uh, Played one of their worst games of the season. I don't know, pick and choose between that one and the one in San Jose. But that's a, a looming two game trip coming off of, you know, running their point streak to three consecutive games here. Uh, 2-0-1 after the victories over Vancouver and Toronto, uh, sandwiched in between that shootout loss to Pittsburgh. It's important to get those two points. The Blackhawks are in no position. They've dug themselves such a hole at this point where they can't afford to be leaving points on the table. They did it a couple times out west, uh, or at least that one time out west against the LA Kings. They did it in Pittsburgh without Sidney Crosby for the majority of the third period when you had a 2-1 lead. So... um, Style points uh, are, are going to be necessary in the way you play, but at this point, two points is the most important thing for this Hawks team. I, I imagine there was a sense of relief in the locker room, too, afterwards.
3: There was. I know we're going to hear from Kane later, but that was something he stresses. They know every night they need points, and they, and they want to. And, yeah, they have a tough two games coming up, but I think when you saw the way – I think it was after the, the second goal, maybe I was noticing just how much more confidence and poise pretty much everyone had with the puck, especially going in the ozone, it was like a, you know, it was like you're watching one of these teams that that would, could go deep in the playoffs. It's something I hadn't seen in a long time—is just the
1: confidence and kind of zipping around the offensive zone the way they were, especially earlier in a game. Well, they admitted that they they have made some tweaks since that San Jose game, both in terms of being. Uh, trying to more consistently carry the puck out of their zone and um, rather than than dump it in as frequently as they had been because uh, they hadn't been winning many of those battles or those races when they've dumped it in or haven't put it in the right spots. And they've also made a couple of tweaks defensively where it's not so much uh, a strict man-to-man falling back into zone, but no matter what, they were scrambling there in the third period once uh, Toronto smelled blood. They were like sharks in the water. But Robin Leonard, who we just mentioned a couple of moments ago, able to survive, coming up with big saves. And let's hear from uh, the big man who came in with a uh, a 9.35 save percentage <laughs> into this game. And, and who knows, maybe because of 57 shots, that still holds up after uh, allowing four goals. But let's hear from uh, Robin Leonard afterwards after he improved his record as a Blackhawk to 4-3-2.
3: You
1: had a breath after that in the final
4: few minutes. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a tough one, but way to battle together and get the two points, uh, win two in a row, back to back. So it was uh, that's positive. That's great. Did you feel like that many shots? I think you stopped fifty-three. Yeah, no, they. I mean, they're a great team. I mean, we came out good and capitalized on our chances. But I mean, they were pretty good in the first two, you know. Uh, they're a good hockey team over there and uh they start getting some momentum they got they got the goal there 4-2 and of course we they're gonna get some life and some of the best players in the world in that team so i uh, give our guys a lot of credit we we fought fought hard yeah what was it like to go through that last one here? yeah i mean it was just trying to keep the puck out of the net uh i wasn't really thinking just uh Try to battle, try to get the two points, and guys were blocking shots. We were all hurting a little bit, and uh, no, it was, it was a team win.
5: Did they you in to in a weird spot? No.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, I got to take a look at it. Didn't feel really good. Hit me right off the collarbone, so it uh, happens. But uh, yeah, way to battle.
1: Well, good thing Robin Leonard did have a lead to work with early on. The Blackhawks were able to build that lead. Who knows if they don't do that, just based on these two teams' recent history? Maybe this doesn't get as wild as it does. But about a week or so ago, a week plus ago, out on the West Coast, Jeremy Colleton said, okay, let's try this again. Let's put Patrick Kane in a line with Dylan Strom and Alex Debrinkett load them up, um, and they were, to say the least, extremely productive. Kane's got his mojo back. You kind of knew it was going to be a matter of time. Now he has himself a six-game point streak in which he has five goals and 11 points, and that line in the first period uh, particularly explosive because uh, they accounted for eight points between them, as the Hawks scored those four goals. And um, let's let's hope this kind of production uh, keeps up and they are as dangerous here, especially heading out on this uh, road trip when home teams get the, the, get the final matchup too.
3: That trio is the one that all the fans want to see together from the start of the season. And, and the fact that they're together now, and yeah, it took a little bit, kind of for everyone, all the top guys, to get their offense going the way they uh, were expected to, to see them zipping around like I said and producing now it's a very good sign I mean you still got to limit those shots obviously you're getting great goaltending not just from Leonard who you know right now is what the best goalie in the league Like, <laughs> I think he's I think he's he's uh deserved that title but Crawford too last couple starts you're seeing you're seeing some pretty good uh Corey Crawford as well maybe now kind of in a uh a backup role but I think with the offense going that's the thing you want to pick up with the goaltending you just got now they're going to do some stuff to. Uh, to get a little more uh, dependable on defense.
1: Well, Crawford had a relative walk in the park on Saturday with only thirty one shots against him, but he, he he came through with some high danger chances. So yeah, we mentioned Kane. We'll hear from him in a second as well, but also Jonathan Taves as a part of that matchup, putting Strom Kane and bring it together. Jonathan Taves back with Brandon Saad. That seems to be a good comfort level there, uh, Jonathan. Uh, with a power play goal late in that first period to make it a four-one game, then he and Saad with that rush, with three and a half minutes to go in what would turn out to be the the necessary goal, the fifth goal in this five-four victory. But more importantly, with, with Taves, it was it was really cool to see the way he responded. He may be the captain. He may put himself at risk for. Uh, going up against a fairly sizable defenseman in Jake Muzzin, but when Muzzin took what was a cheap shot against Brandon Sod, 30 seconds into this game, when a puck elevated and Sod had his head up looking for where the puck would land uh, down behind that um, uh, that Toronto net, Jake Muzzin came right on him and knocked him on his can. And Jonathan Taves was right there in a split second to hop on Muzzin. I don't know how many punches were necessarily thrown. It was it was really brief. But you had to love what you see with the captain as long as he came out of it healthy, didn't injure himself, and as long as the Blackhawks were able to kill that penalty, which which they in fact they did.
3: Yeah, a lot of punches didn't get because it was broken up right away. And you know, I'm not sure the reasoning, maybe you have a you know, a, a face of the league who has a concussion history and Taves is a captain. But uh you know, just thinking about it now, I didn't think this at the time, um, but that, that hit was kind of reminiscent of Torres's hit on Hosa. Yeah, yeah. You think about going for a puck in the air, you're you're pretty vulnerable. Um so yeah, and that was, you know, I don't know if it, I, I really wasn't in on the scrum with Taves, but I, I don't know if he uh, mentioned that just kind of doing that after, you know, a really meaningful ceremony for the veterans, you know, you have this, this great atmosphere and, and you know, kind of respect in the United Center and a guy goes out and takes a cheap shot. Maybe that played a little factor in, in him uh, retaliating the way he did. And that's, that's great to see your captain stick up for a guy like that. Cause yeah, it, it was a cheap shot. I don't know if that's within the rules or not. It, there is no, there's no penalty on the play.
1: Yeah, well, it was just a roughing call against Muzzin. It was a roughing call. They were, and, and Taves got the extra two-minute roughing call. Kind of lucky he did that. There was an instigator uh, call against him. So uh, the Blackhawks did make out good with that. And, hey, you may not have been in and out of the Jonathan Taves scrum, but Curtis Coke was. So, therefore... We're going to hear from the captain, and after that, you're going to hear from uh, Patrick Kane as well. After this five-four win over Toronto, you
0: can take their energy away from a little bit by giving them a couple goals, and next to know we're in a tight game with seven or eight minutes left. So uh, it's a whole different story. So that's something that uh, down the road here, if we want to be a, a, not only a playoff team but a contender, we got to. We got to thrive in those situations, and everyone's got to got to play with a little more confidence.
3: John, how much energy did your teammates get from you in the first minute there when you stood up for your teammate?
0: Uh, I think we're all ready to, to play tonight. Um, you know, I think we're we've had enough of, of uh, you know having some good games, or we you know continue to after the game as we did some good things, but we didn't come up with the second and uh, the two points. So. Um, you know, just given the situation, I uh, came into the game a little bit frustrated, a little bit uh, energized, trying to make a difference, and just kind of react to the situation with that. So I thought started, took a high hit there, but, um, you know, it wasn't my intention, but obviously I think everyone was ready to play tonight. How, how much has playing with the lead the last three games helped, just in general, playing it aggressive and not having to chase the game? No, it's, it's huge. You want to play ahead. And uh, like I said, we can do a better job of taking their energy away and their momentum and not giving them anything in the third period, especially when we have a three-goal lead. Um, we should find ways to help our goaltender and shut the door and not let teams hang around, especially an offensive team like Toronto. So, um, but I think overall we're, we're getting better and better. We're, we're heading in the right direction. It's nice to see pucks go in. I think everyone's going to feed off that and get some confidence going forward. Oh,
2: goodness, Robin
0: I mean you can go on and on about our goaltenders and the of shots that were given up and the chances especially against some of their shooters and the stops he's making uh, you know our, our goaltenders have been really huge and Robin was, was incredible again tonight
2: Really good start tonight it was, it was fun to play like that kind of took our foot off the gas there at the end which uh, isn't something we need to be doing but um, take the two points and uh Try to keep building.
1: What, what is it about these two teams that just there seems to be entertaining and high pace?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, similar game last year in Toronto too, where we had a big lead and they came back and uh, made it a game at the end. So um, I don't know, a lot of offense. I think both teams want to play offense. They see that it's gonna, probably going to be a high-scoring game, so guys get excited. Points are starting to come for this team. Are you confidence growing in the room. I'm sorry. Points are starting to come for this team as a whole. Is, it, is confidence growing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we know we have to get points every night, especially the position we're in. We have to battle back and get into a position where we can um, try to go on a run and get into a playoff spot, so that's where we're at. What did you
5: think of Jonathan's decision, 30 seconds
2: into the game? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's what it's all about right there, you know, uh, sticking up for your teammates. Um, and got us going, obviously. We really responded well after that, and then uh, um, he gets rewarded with the goal as well. So, um, yeah, great response by him. You guys are robbing a dinner tonight for a of Jeez, uh, He was unbelievable there. Um, from the second on, you know, he uh, really made some unbelievable saves. And, uh, um, you know, you have a, a 4-1 lead. Um, you feel pretty good about that. But we got to play better in front of him. we got to keep playing, uh, uh, controlling the puck,
1: making plays, kind of like we were in that first 20, and uh, not step off the gas. We mentioned Kane's point streak at six games, 11 points. Jonathan Taves now also over the past six games, uh, not quite as loud, two goals and four assists, but based on the way that he started the season, uh, you'll take that any time. And here's the other angle to this game Sunday night against Toronto. For the fourth time this season, a healthy scratch has drawn back in the lineup and scored a goal in his first game back. Earlier this season was Alex Nylander, who we'll hear from and discuss uh, a little bit later. Drake Kajula did the same thing. Saturday night, it was Dominic Kubalik after Jeremy put uh, Dominic up in the press box against Vancouver. And then Kirby Dock comes and scores his second goal as an NHLer. We had him on the post-game show. He was, uh, he was very uh, thrilled that... He was almost calling this his first NHL goal rather than the one that went off his yeah. <laughs> the one that went off his leg, and he got a little extra celebration out of this. But um, there's a method to Jeremy's madness, I guess. You know, any time a guy's not producing, you stick him up in the press box for a game, and boom, instant production afterwards.
3: If I'm Jeremy, I'm doing that all season. Anytime a guy has one bad game, I <laughs> think to get him to score the next one. But, no, you, you got to give credit to the players, too. I mean, how many times do you get, see a guy get scratched for a, for a game here or there and just kind of hangs his head and, and, you know, ends up putting a, a bad streak together of play? So uh, great move by Jeremy. It's working, uh, you know, get guys fresh and, and maybe show them some tape of what they got to do better. And, and then the guys also for
1: playing much better the next time they get a shot. All right, enough of us. Let's turn it over to you. It's time for your Slapshot Questions on the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Slapshot Questions. Tweet your questions to the guys at Boted Tweets and at Scott King Media for your questions to be read on the podcast. Thanks to Ernie, Ernie Scatton, for the uh, baritone introduction for our slap shot segment. And thanks to you for your questions. Got a couple of them. We wanted to get back to one, circle back to one that came in a little late for the podcast we recorded last Monday. Liam asked us about the time we were in the booth or perhaps done. Uh, Liam on Twitter asked us if Leonard, Leonard and Crawford keep playing as they are, how would you handle the goalie situation at the end of the season? Who gets the contract and is there any realistic way to keep both? I don't think there's a realistic way to keep both unless whoever is going to be determined as the backup takes a huge cut in salary. I don't see that happening. I would have to say, based on him being younger by about five years and based on him having a slight edge statistically right now, if we get to the same point uh, coming up at the end of the season, um, I would think Robin would be the guy – uh, to choose over Corey. Uh, Corey's going to be 35, I believe, on on New Year's Eve, and provided there is no no change at all statistically to the way these guys are performing, and Corey has been very good and he has won two cups. My opinion is is that Leonard would be the guy, especially since you have a couple of goalies down at Rockford that you think are, are probably knocking at the door with one more season of experience down in the age.
3: Well, look, Corey's been playing. You know, he's been playing well. He's had some good games. He'd still be a starter and play some good games, and, you know, I'm going to be 35 around Thanksgiving. I still have a lot of good performances left in me, but uh, I I, I agree that Leonard, he just, you know, by statistics alone, and the fact that it seems like he's always seen way more shots than Crawford's seen, and he's making these back-to-back pad saves with the same pad and and just all these uh, crazy – saves standing on his head. I, I think he's definitely proved that he's the better goalie, and it's why you're seeing him get you know more of the
1: starts now. Or, or seeing all those shots, maybe he, he maybe he just walks and he doesn't want to see <laughs> doesn't want to see all those shots that he has seen so far. Although he did have some interesting comments uh, in an article in the Athletic. We want to uh, tip our hat to those guys because they asked Robin about. You know, seeing all these shots, and he says, Hey, I was used to it all those years in, in Buffalo and Ottawa. Last year, again, with the Islanders, was the aberration. Uh, he's used to it. And you look at Robin's numbers, save percentages through all those years at Buffalo and Ottawa, he was consistently at 920 or higher than that. So it doesn't appear to bother Robin all that much. Our buddy Katrina. Boy, she has a handful of questions here. I don't know if we'll get to all of them or not. But uh, Katrina, after the game, uh, tweeted at us using the hashtag Slapshots. Um, is is the captain's response in that opening minute the only reason we squeeze this one out? Uh, scoring five goals. What else equated to this win from what you saw? Would you expect what we saw from the Blackhawks' offense to continue moving forward? Well, um, good steps in this direction over the course of the past three games. I just think... I don't know if it's a Hawks-Toronto thing, but the Hawks did so well managing the puck in those games against Vancouver and Pittsburgh, despite losing in a shootout in Pittsburgh. They got away from it. They felt a little bit of pressure, and all of a sudden things start getting a little scrambly. Um, It's encouraging, as we spoke earlier, about how Kane's line is doing and Kane himself is doing, and you just can't rely on the whole team to hop on his back. And I think there are enough indicators that You know, the offense should be able to come to life. Another power play goal as well on Sunday night. So, um, I don't know. We'll see how things go in in Vegas and Nashville, Katrina. Uh, I just think that, you know, all these stars aligned this last couple of years when the Blackhawks are playing the Leafs. It was almost a guarantee things would start getting wild toward the end.
3: Well, it's trying to kind of how how the the last game did and some other ones recently is – Beginning of the season, and for a while it was they would have a good start, and the second period was a mess. Now, now it's kind of like you, they'll play a pretty solid forty minutes, and you got the the stars contributing, and then they take their foot off the gas. So that's what we're seeing, and I mean, we need all those guys to uh, play sixty minutes.
1: And it's an inevitable in today's game. No matter what game you watch uh, across the league, no matter the opponents, yeah, you know, uh, there's always going to be push push from each team either way at some point in game. It's almost guaranteed, and this one just just got off the charts (laughs) off the rails so um, I'm really interested to see if this type of production can continue in Vegas and the Vegas Golden Knights are really struggling lately unfortunately for the Blackhawks Um, probably when they get back home they'll be uh, ready to take out revenge on somebody and this Nashville team too so I know incomplete answer Katrina but you know what we see here in these next two games on the road against two real tough opponents will tell us a whole lot more want to hear from Alex Nylander. We played this interview I did with Alex on the post-game show on Saturday after the loss in Pittsburgh, looking forward to the game uh, here on Sunday against Toronto. This is This game was the third time that Alex went head-to-head here in the NHL against his brother William of the Maple Leafs. Both previous cases, of course, Alex was in Buffalo. Both games won by Toronto by 4-2 scores. William had assists in each of those games. Alex scored in one of those games. And I sat down with Alex to talk about that sibling rivalry with William and how he wanted to have bragging rights this time around. Well, in fact, Alex got the bragging rights from a one-loss standpoint uh, as the Blackhawks hold on for the victory. But William had himself a big game with two goals here. Alex didn't even have any shots on goal. So uh, if we brought you that part of the conversation, it's, it's kind of dead. But we wanted to bring you... The rest with Alex here because uh, some interesting stuff as well. Growing up in that household, being the son of an NHL player in Michael who actually played until five years ago professionally when he was 42 years old over in Sweden, how mom kind of was uh, the person who would tote him and William to all the games and whatnot when they were growing up, Um, talking a little bit more about the sibling rivalry between the two of them, Also living with Robin Leonard right now. Robin Leonard and his family have taken Alex in. They have a previous relationship from their days in Buffalo. What it's like living with the Blackhawks goalie. And his comfort and confidence level growing here with the Blackhawks. He's been real good with the caveat here this weekend after this interview I did earlier in the week Alex' play dipped a little bit here, and uh, was sitting for long stretches in Thursday's, or rather Saturday's game, in the third period against Pittsburgh. And again, you know, uh, had a couple of rough spots. Took a bad penalty in this game against Toronto. Ended up with no shots on goal. So, in any event, uh, that all happened after this interview with Alex Nielander, and we're going to bring you some of it right here. Alex Nielander from earlier uh, last week here on the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast.
5: Yeah, exactly. She did a, an amazing job. Uh, without her, it's, uh, we wouldn't have been able to get to our practices and uh, get all the stuff we needed while dad was on the road or, or him playing all the time. Uh, she's been unbelievable and uh, she's been uh, just
1: so good for me and my brother uh, throughout our years when we were younger. I know you guys have a two-year separation, but, yeah, you know, you even indicated that there, there's chirping out there on the ice, and, I, I mean, was it always a case of you trying to prove something against him and him trying to prove that uh, he's the boss? Here?
5: Yeah, of course, he's always older, he wants to be the boss, but I, I'm boss now, no, i kidding, no, but uh, obviously we're really competitive, and uh, we always want to win, so um, it's just going to be a lot of fun, and uh, exciting Who gets some bragging rights after tomorrow, the Sunday's game.
1: Uh, Both of you were kind of going through some challenging times This time about a year ago Him with his contract situation with Toronto And I'm sure uh, you were trying to uh, prove a point to your organization as well Did you kind of lean on each other during those times uh, In terms of telling each other to, to hang in there, keep your chin up?
5: Yeah, of course, we're always uh, talking to each other almost every day, uh, either about hockey or or whatever, so it's always been a huge help being able to talk to him after my games. Like, I try to watch as much as possible of his games, and he tried to watch mine, so we just try to give each other feedback what we think we can do better and uh, what we think we did good. So... I mean, he had a tough time last year. It was a little different for him coming in like really late in the season. So I was just trying to help him, give him uh, obviously a little bit of space, but also talk to him a, a little bit what, what he's thinking and stuff like that. And um, obviously it's hard for any player to come into the season that late. So uh, obviously he's bouncing back this, this year, and uh, he's had a great summer training and stuff like that. So he, he'll, he'll be fine.
1: How, how would you compare how much you learned and uh, styled your game Going up against him or or your dad, how much did did either one have more influence on another? of course you're,
5: I was watching my dad my whole my whole life and he, he is always uh, always given us feedback and a lot of tips and it's been amazing to us to be the players we are today. Um, Giving us what we need to work on and what we did did good as well. Um, he just has these little small things that uh, we're lucky that he, we have a dad that plays on the channel knows what it takes to to get here. So it's just been awesome. And my brother, obviously, you always look up to your brother. I was I saw him how he plays and stuff like that. I'm trying to play like him, so I'm um, want to try to play like myself. But uh, I learned a lot from both of them. Mm-hmm.
1: Have, have there been moments here in the first month with the Hawks where you know you? You'll be out on the ice, and you, depending on who you're out on the ice with, your line mates, your teammates, you know, you have to make those split-second decisions on whether to defer, whether to be aggressive and whatnot. Have you come across some of those times?
5: Yeah, of course, you see who you're playing against when you're, when you're going on the ice. You always got to be aware who, whose who's top players are you against the, on the ice. You have to be extra extra close eye on them because uh, they can always make a move or, or make a good pass so yeah, you have to be aware if you want to be passive or, or be aggressive uh, wherever it is on the ice and I think uh, we're doing a good job of it we, we can obviously do a little bit better but um, just we're just trying to, I'm trying to learn here it's my first season here and, and uh, I've been learning a lot and
1: it's been really good this so far uh, are you aware who's coming in a week from Sunday then? bro huh?
5: it's, it's Toronto Buffalo? Uh, a week from Sunday. Oh really? Oh yeah, Buffalo's coming. Is oh yeah, they come the week after. Traffic, yes. You're acting like you didn't know. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know. I just didn't know it was uh, a week from Sunday. So yeah. that's that's soon too. Yeah.
1: So that's are you looking be, forward. Uh, to that?
5: Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun playing against uh, the old organization. Uh, know a couple guys on that team pretty well. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Got two games here coming up that are
1: gonna be awesome. Yeah. And I know uh you know Robin former Sabre has kind of taken you taking you in this year. How much has that meant to you? Were you surprised that he he made the offer and uh, how are those kids doing? Are they behaving oh,
5: yeah I, yeah, of course he he offered me a little bit before training camp and I was the, he's a great guy, uh, unbelievable staying at their place It's just been really good for me and uh, my wife, and uh, the kids are are awesome too, and they're behaving really well. The kids there. There's a lot of knee hockey and stuff like that back in the, at, at our place, but uh, it's just been uh, really helpful for me. Uh, it's been really good for me to move in there and uh, also get Leonard gets to talk to me about uh, what he sees out there. He's a, he's a goalie; he's a, he knows a lot about the game too. So I think I'm just trying to learn as much as possible here, and uh, he's been uh, been an unbelievable job, and I'm just very thankful that I was able to live there.
1: And how impressed are you with what he has been able to overcome? I'm not sure if you know. You- you sensed he was a different person during your days in Buffalo, but what he has gotten himself through over the past year and a half of his life, how impressed are you by that?
5: Oh, I'm super impressed. It's it's amazing to see. Uh, I didn't really get to see him that much in Buffalo since I was a lot in the AHL, but uh, I mean, I can't really tell what has happened if you, the way I see him right now. I don't know much uh, of it. He's, I guess it's really impressive how he's able to do it, and uh, huge uh, huge accomplishment for for him and yeah, i don't notice at all There's, that something like that has happened so um it's just amazing
1: finally uh how clear has the line of communication been here between your coaches here your teammates here in terms of what they want and need from you and how helpful has that been
5: it's been great
1: um very easy to
5: talk to they, they give me feedback i i want to know what they're thinking and stuff like that, show me clips uh, that are, like I said, good or a little stuff that needs to, that I can improve on a little bit or something like that. So they just have been really good helping me try to, to get better every day and uh, become a better player out there. So I'm just really thankful for,
1: for it and I think the feedback has been really good and this organization has been amazing. Ryan Carpenter ended up being the quote-unquote healthy scratch for this game as Kirby Doc drew back in. But Jeremy Collins is going to have some decisions to make. I'm, I'm curious to see what he is thinking of Nylander's play as they head to Vegas. Carpenter's death in the family, by the way, was one of his grandparents, I believe, and um, he w- he is expected to be back to play against his former team in Vegas on Wednesday night, but um, curious to see what uh, Jeremy's thoughts are from a playing time standpoint when he if he still wants Alex in there again. He has been part of that line with Taves and Sod, which overall has been very good, but Nealanners had a couple of back-to-back games that haven't been as good as. Uh, he had been performing previously. Uh, Let's close things out here. On on this Veterans Day, when we post, as we mentioned, the Blackhawks held their uh, Veterans Day tribute prior to the game last night. I'm a sucker for this stuff, and I got even a little bit emotional uh, as different veterans were introduced during the course of the game on the score, but especially prior to the game, the Blackhawks welcomed about 20 active military and veterans awarded with Purple Hearts Um, onto the ice ahead of the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, Jim Cornelison was out there in the middle of them. Um, And then in the first intermission, I believe it was, uh, a representative of the USO had family members out on the ice, and uh, their fathers uh, or, or husbands who were serving overseas had videotape messages. And to see the reactions of those families as they were seeing their fathers and dads up on the board and to see the warm ovation. And the anthem was extra loud here tonight with all those Purple Heart uh, honorees on the ice. Uh, always, Blackhawks always do this thing right, but um, for all these people giving what they did in their lives and to be back here safe on soil, hopefully with not a lot of repercussions from what they've been through, uh, being so warmly greeted, it was it was a it was a real cool moment. And at, at some points, when you're watching this stuff, it's it's hard not to get a little bit choked
3: up. Absolutely, and the veteran salutes here are always phenomenal. It seems like you know Jim Cornelison, anyone who comes here knows how phenomenal the anthem always is. But it's like he finds another level to get to when there's a military salute and or another note to hit or something. So the, the UC was roaring, and I thought the uh, the up jerseys were really cool. They're like kind of like dark green, maybe a little black in their camouflage, and those are gonna. Get if they weren't already signed by the players
1: and, and auctioned off um, so November 20th on Blackhawks.com,
3: Blackhawks.com for uh, the benefit of USO Illinois I believe so a really good cause and the jerseys were cool Yeah, Yep.
1: Uh, outstanding job by the Blackhawks and again thank you to all our veterans who may be uh, listening here on the podcast for all you have done the sacrifices that you've made and of course uh, this country's deepest thanks for those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for allowing us our freedoms and for us to be knuckleheads and doing podcasts and watching hockey games and for hockey players to play hockey games and all that stuff wouldn't be possible without them. You have a closing thought on a visitor to your uh, to your house yesterday, I believe. Uh do share.
3: Oh my god. If anyone's ever in need of a uh, a cheap uh child party entertainment, if you have a need for that, uh or entertainer I should say heck I, I do right now and i'm I'm 56 just to entertain yourself on an off day <laughs> I, I, I found uh, I found one and uh, let's just say it I, uh, we had a, a second birthday party for my son and uh, we had some family over and some friends over the friends that have young kids and and uh, <laughs> and the parties the parties are kicked off people are still coming in it's been about 30 minutes since we started and and my wife sees a, a i didn't tell her that this was happening oh, that's nice <laughs> my wife sees a man with a, like a duffel bag and a gold vest knocking on her door and she goes who is that I go, oh, the entertainment's here <laughs> and i let him in and he uh, did balloon animals for about 30 minutes in, in his gold vest a nice guy named kevin and uh then he went to the bathroom for costume change, and uh, one of my son's favorite uh, people, uh, Barney the Dinosaur, came out into the kitchen and greeted everybody and then did uh, some songs and dances
1: with, with the kids. But Barney and the guy in the yellow vest weren't in the room at the same time.
3: They were not, and you know you know who was onto that? My four-year-old daughter and, and her friend, because when this poor guy was getting out of the bathroom after the costume change, I turned a corner, my daughter and her friend are waiting for him, and she goes... You played a trick on us. Decided so to like get them away so the guy, poor guy, could leave with his with his uh, clear bag that had the suit in it, run out the door. All right,
1: but it was a hit. It was a hit. It was over.
3: a bit. It was a big hit. Yeah. Was
1: it? Was it a hit with the wife? Since you surprised her with
3: this? Yeah, I told I told her how much it cost. It's very right. very cheap and affordable. All right. So
1: for uh, for any of uh, you, uh, search you know. Uh, Hit up Scott on Twitter uh, if you're looking for uh, Barney and some uh, maybe young. I'll do
3: it. Maybe, maybe if I got an off day, I'll do something. Okay,
1: you yeah, know, we'll work on uh, work on your Marshall Brodeen card games and whatnot. So. Um, so there, uh, enter, there is entertainment at, at all levels throughout uh, the beautiful city of Chicago. Uh, that's a wrap for this edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast, presented by FanList. Once again, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, thanks as well to our producer Ernie Skattin, or our producer Ernie Scaten, our producer Curtis Koch our deep-voiced man Ernie Skatton for all the uh, the fine introductions, and as well to you for listening. When are we doing this again? We're doing it after okay. the Buffalo game, yeah. after the Buffalo game. So we will have. Dun dun dun! Wednesday in Vegas. Dun 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 dun! Saturday in Nashville, and then Sunday, the big Neilander versus Yoki Haru matchup, which you heard me reference in the interview with Alex Neilander. So, three more games will be under the belt when we come at you with the next edition of the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Have a great week, everyone. We'll talk to you then. How about that? won it. The Hawks win the Stanley Cup. Thanks for listening to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Tell a friend subscribe and join the conversation and follow the guys on Twitter at Bowden tweets and at Scott King media. That was great.